Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, we got Josh and David Conley, um, parents in Memphis, Tennessee, who uh, have been involved in athletic uh, ministries and organizations and um, and athletics themselves for Josh for um a long, long time now. And we wanted to have them on to talk about how to advocate for your kids within the sports world. Um, obviously, because this is a pretty broad um, world, the sports world, I mean, encompasses everything from like, you know, swimming to equestrian stuff, to baseball, to cricket, to golf. And all of those are radically different experiences for kids to have. Um, because of how variable that is, we try to stick to some more broad level principles um, and, and pieces of advice in that front. But you'll hear uh, Josh share about his upbringing and playing uh, pretty intense competitive sports and and kind of some lessons he learned from that and ways that he um, saw were healthy and, and, and not healthy to advocate. And then for Ava, who works in a um, athletic ministry now, helping uh, teach their coaches, how to coach from a trauma-informed perspective. You'll hear her talk about um, what they do in the organization and also um, advice that she would give, uh, also having been a Taekwondo black belt herself. So um, all that is coming and more. Before we jump into the recording, I do have to tell you about a very, very exciting event. I've been kind of hinting at it, but um, on Sunday, November 12th, we are hosting our first ever global connection event. It's called Investing in Hope. It's happening right here in Memphis, Tennessee at the Peabody Hotel, which is one of the most uh, famous hotels in the South. Um, but we have rented out the Grand Ballroom for a special guest that you can only find out <laughs> the name of by clicking the link in our show notes. And so we do have a special guest coming for this event, but it's going to be a night where we celebrate um, the work that's happening in Empowered to Connect, um, both here in Memphis, uh, through the state of Tennessee and uh, globally around the world right now. And um, we are hoping to have many, many, many of you join us um, for a night that will also help us to fundraise for our next year um, and beyond. So you can find out more details on that at uh, empoweredtoconnect.org slash investing in hope, or you can click the link below um, and head on to find out how to buy tickets. But um, you will see the name of the special guest when you click on the link. You will not want to miss this person. Um, it is going to be a night of laughter and uh, great, great fun and community and fellowship. You don't want to miss it. So as my plug for the event, I'm not lying to you. I am telling you the truth. So uh, click the link below or head to empoweredtoconnect.org slash investing in hope to find out more about our first ever and first annual Global Connection event happening here in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, on to Josh and David Conley. Here they are. Well, as we talked about in the opening here today, we've got Josh and Ava Conley, and they are um, here with us to talk about um, how to advocate for your kids in the arena of sports. And um, so I'll start off with the precursor before we introduce Josh and Ava. Like the this conversation is wide, like deep and wide. So um, we are not going to touch on all the nuances of navigating through baseball and equestrian sports and you know, like we're not going to touch on every different activity athletically that your kids could ever go to, but we're going to try to give some uh, kind of higher level macro advice for when you begin to navigate these things, where are some of the natural traps that, that involve, um, you know, your kids and parenting. And then where also 
Um, if you are parenting kids through adoption and through foster care, like that presents a whole separate layer of challenges and how you communicate and um, being able to set your kids up for success and set their coaches up and teammates up for success as well. And so we feel like we've got some unique insight into that today. And so um, please welcome Josh and Ava Conley to the show today. So um, why don't we, for those who don't know you guys, um, why don't you guys kind of introduce yourselves and then... Um, maybe talk about your parenting journey and then we'll uh, jump into the conversation. Yeah, Ava's looking at me to go first, so I will. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not some macho male stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, Joshua Conley uh, grew up Bellevue, Nebraska, 18 years, Southeast Nebraska. Um, we were a, if there was ever a non-religious family, we were it, never went to church growing up. Um, and so with that, like our weekends and our lives were just consumed with sports. I've done every sport you can think of. Um, I played baseball starting at age four, football, basketball, wrestled, ran track, um, did curling, was a two-time state champ <laughs> curling, if you want to, uh, so miss, miss, miss my calling there. Um, sports allowed me, helped me to foster some of the best moments of my life were also responsible for some of the worst moments of my life as well. Some pretty deep wounds there. Um, but sports did allow me to go to college, went to college in Louisiana to play baseball um, until that was abruptly ended uh, two elbow surgeries into my first semester of college. Um, took me on a journey though, where sports has always been a part of, of what I've done. And so since that time have, have, played baseball in Europe for a summer, um, and then also started coaching at a university level, have coached uh, at many different levels from high school all the way down to uh, little kids in various sports. Um, so sports is still a big part of our lives. Um, looking forward for our three-year-old to get to that place right now. She's the, she's the next Simone Biles based on her preschool gym <laughs> class. So we're excited to to uh, hopefully do a better job of not living vicariously through her and her career. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Ava. Um, and I still think it's funny you asked me to be on this podcast because I didn't really play sports <laughs> growing up. Um, I married someone who loves sports. So I'm trying to learn, um, and give our daughter lots of opportunities. Um, I, I am a black belt in Taekwondo, if that counts as a sport. Uh, um, yeah, that counts? What? <laughs> I did not know that. We were kind of talking about it last night. Josh was like, don't forget you're a black belt. And I was like, oh, yeah. So um, I did that when I was a kid. But I was more of like a you know choir nerd and all that kind of fun theater stuff. Um, however, yeah. I, I, we have been a part of some kind of sports ministry, it seems, for at least yeah. like 13 years now. Um, I work for a local nonprofit um, where we share the gospel through sports. And um, yeah, I just, I love my job. I, I believe in um, opportunities for kids to engage with sports in physical activity. And so um, that's what I do now. Um, I'm the community development um, there and I, I get to train volunteers and staff, um, the importance of, uh, trauma-informed coaching. Um, and so I really get to, I get to do something that I love in that, um, even though I'm, I'm not in particular, uh, 
that I, I, I love sports. I do. I love sports opportunities yeah. for everyone. <laughs> awesome. 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 So why don't we, you know, kind of start off in this, I think Josh, maybe your perspective of, um, you know, when we talk about youth sports, um, if you're a baseball parent or if you're a baseball kid that plays any kind of competitive um, baseball at all, like, like some other sports, but uniquely to baseball, it becomes kind of an all-consuming fire, right? And so uh, that was that for you. And um, so why don't we kind of, I'd love to ask you about your baseball experience. Like what, what are your memories of like your family's experience around your baseball time growing up, like what do you have memories of from that that were fond? Um, and what are some, why don't we start from that place and then we'll, we'll jump into the more. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It's, it, it is, a, it's tough to separate the tough stuff from the fondness of things. I think as I look back hindsight, but so I started playing baseball when I was four years old. Um, I, I grew up in probably a low middle class family, um, socioeconomic wise, and so we really didn't we didn't have the money to do travel ball. Um, so I I played through our recreational league growing up for a long time, and and with that like came this this first taste of like, um, you know I was I was really good. People started to talk about me. Um, the team that I was on was picked to win the the city championship and things like that. But it was always this kind of like. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good enough for that travel ball experience. Right. But I'm like really good here. So there was always this kind of like less than sort of mentality. Um, and, and I was someone who, who, you know, I think like when you think about fond memories, um, there's still no place that can compare to like just being on the pitcher's mound. It's just you, and the catcher and the batter. I mean, that's just, it's still, Ava and I have this thing where we'll like go to colleges and then we'll sneak into their baseball fields. I'll just go stand on the pitcher's mouth. So like, thank you, Florida State, for allowing me to go to the pitcher's <laughs> mouth. Um, but so I think it's, I think it was just one of those times where, yeah, the things that I worked hard at, I finally got to put into practice and was was good at. Um, had some great connecting sports in general, but like baseball, the, the camaraderie, the, the underlying messages of like why players move the way that they do. I would say if you're, if you're a baseball parent or old enough, there's a book by NYU professor called baseball as a road to God. And he, and it's just a beautiful uh, picture of like all the spiritual components of what baseball brings um, so that's, that was awesome. Still very close to some of my friends who have played baseball with. I've watched kids who I've coached now grow, go on and play college ball. They're married. They're having kids now. So I think it's just that camaraderie, um, that, that brotherhood, that's the fond memories that I have. Um, and then for me, I grew up the Mecca of college baseball. So I'm like 10 minutes from Omaha college world series college teams would actually come practice at our high school. So like I'm sitting, I'm rubbing shoulders with Mike Martin of Florida state, Marshall McDougal, uh, Matt Diaz. These like high caliber players right. are all small town, Nebraska. And, uh, and, and so just those memories are, are really fond ones there. 
So when you think about kind of the the landscape now of you know parenting, obviously you work with an organization that you know advocates for um, foster families, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But when we're thinking about and Ava, with your experience as well at Ma'am, um, you've got. Uh, lots of families come in to bring their kids in to play sports. Inevitably, there's going to be moments where uh, somebody needs to say something about something, whether it's um, uh, if you're, if you got a kid who came to your family through adoption, maybe they've got a different skin color than you do. And you're showing up for practice on the first day. Like, how are we going to mitigate that situation? Like, how are we going to make sure that, you know, we've got, you know, the team and the coach prepared to kind of help navigate that with your kids. You've got a situation where, you know, maybe there's some sensory needs or sensitivities. And and, and so like a coach might be running a drill and all of a sudden something sets your kid off and they need to know. So when you think about that, I mean, Ava, you work in a context with a whole bunch of different things going on um, in gyms all over the city. Um, when you're working with coaches now and talking about trauma-informed coaching and all that, what are some of the, what are some of the reasons that you guys as an organization decided to make that education part of what you're doing at ma'am yeah um well there are a lot of reasons statistically um and i could name a lot of reasons why physical active children um are better in the long run because they're physically active um they're less likely to engage in smoking or drug use and risky behaviors um they have higher academic outcomes they're 40 percent higher in tests scores, um, 15% more likely to go to college. And I'm just reading like some statistics for you. Um, those are reasons why we believe that play is important and sports are important. Um, but you know, when Joshua was talking about some of the traumas that he experienced, like as a kid, like, you know, we, we think it's also really important to like be mindful, um, for our coaches to be mindful, for our parents to be mindful, um, of their own traumas and what they're bringing to the table when they're coaching. Um, so that's like why we do what we do is we really care about making sure like ki- kids that come to our program, they, we want them to be kids. We want them to experience play like they're supposed to. Um, it's not about winning. I mean, that's fun, right? Um, learning a new sport and engaging in a sport is really fun. Um, but we also want them to like have loving coaches who support them, um, and are not going to yell at them for, you know, missing a play or, you know, different things like that. Um, so we, we really care about the child holistically. We believe that play is important. Um, and we believe that, um, it's important to train coaches who are listening to kids and meeting kids, um, right where they're at. Yeah. That's awesome. And Josh, you know, for you having coached at different levels before, like let's take some of these sticky situations. Like if you know, you've got to prepare, you know, your coach for something like that, having, having been in those shoes as a coach, like how would you you know, recommend parents, you know, have some of those first conversations either before the season or before the first practice or what, what do you think? Yeah, that, that is a great question. And I, and I do think it's one of those times where you, you have to be more, active than passive like you can't assume that your coach one um is is a safe person for your child or that that is just going to inherently know their needs and so even like as speaking as an as an introvert myself um like you got to get out there introduce them i think that you always as 
foster adoptive parents like you are advocating and you're doing it in a dignified way. And so I think you could ask a lot of questions, um, whether it's a tryout or a first practice, like, hey, what did you notice? What did you, um, you know, anything that you can uh, bring up? So valuing the coach's advice along with here's some advice to help. And then every kid has their own unique um, things going on. And so I, there's nothing wrong with the exceptionalities that your child brings to the table. Yeah. A good coach uh, um, is going to be transformative, not for – if a, if a coach is just focused on outcomes, then I would probably tell you that that might not be the best team for your, your kiddo. Um, and, and the sad thing to say about that is like that's just the reality if a coach is focused on outcomes. But if a coach uses language like development and growth and character building – and I think you can kind of challenge them as well. Also, I'm a big fan of resources. So inside out coaching, uh, Joe Ehrman, um, Seasons of Life, Joe Ehrman, just uh, uh, someone who I would trust and who the state of Tennessee has trusted to teach their coaches about inside out coaching. Um, so you have also have to be knowledgeable as well. Um, you, you have to remember that a coach is out there usually volunteering they have a lot of kids to think through. And so you helping them as much as possible is good as well. Um, be bold. Like don't, don't, don't hide from those things, but do it in a dignified way um, that values your kiddos exceptionalities and doesn't just play into it or stigmatizes them as that, that particular child with the, this problem or the, that problem. Um, and I think that can be difficult for foster parents, especially as they don't really know to the to the degree that a child struggles with that particular issue. Um, just be bold and upfront and say, we're going to walk through this together in a team oriented style. I also think that like some coaches are just like never even exposed to a lot of this stuff, right? Like how many coaches really understand like any of the trauma that like most kids go through? Um I was I was actually listening to last week's podcast, um, Empower to Connect with Anne Marie Penn. Shout out to Anne Marie Penn or uh one of the kindest people that um for sure we know. Uh, we used to be their neighbors and have walked through a lot of life together. So it was fun to listen to her. But she was like talking about um IEPs and and um advocating through education, but she just like reminded parents like you don't know your kid better than than anybody does, right? Like educators, like they're doing the best that they can for the amount of kids that they're serving each day. Like Joshua and I have both been educators. We understand that balance too. Um, and I think coaches, like we have to give them the same kind of credit. Like I think they're, they are doing the best they can. Of course, like they want to win. They want to, you know, they want to teach the kids um, different techniques and whatever. Um but we have to be the ones to advocate for our kid because we know them best. And we also want to like normalize this environment the best that we can for them. Um, and so like, we have to be the ones to like be bold. It's hard. Like it's hard to be bold and always talking about the needs of our kid. But if we don't like who else is going to, and it might, it might help the next kid right on the next team. Like if we say something um, and expose our coaches to new things, then that's going to help the next person too. Awesome. When you think about, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my five, kind of like a sports gambling person, five, five questions to ask. How about that? To get to know your coach as a parent. So I think it's, 
you're coming in learning, not necessarily telling, right? Because even if you, your advocacy can, can push a coach away, um, and, or it can't like my parents tried to advocate for me and it led to them not being allowed to come back to my games. Um, like legitimately they could not watch my, my games anymore because of the way they tried to advocate for me, uh, which was very traumatizing. So I would, I would go introduce myself to the coach and there's some things I would ask. I would just say like, coach, are you, are you more loud or are you more quiet? Um, I'm a, I'm a loud coach. Like I'm loud and I'm monotone. So when I'm giving you praise, it sounds the same as when I'm like, you know, defend the ball. So just ask, like, are you loud or are you quiet? Uh, how do you give feedback? Um, are you going to pull my kid to the side one-on-one? Or if, if you're taking infield and he bobbles a ball, are you going to yell at him in front of everybody? Um, I think there's also this sense of like, uh, you know, how do you point out uh, flaws that you see and how do you point out the strengths that you see in your players? Um, I think another question I would ask is, coach, if I see an issue or have a concern, how would you like me to address that with you? Um, I think could be really, really well. And then like, you know, coach, what encourages you? And then I think, you know, how would you feel encouraged as a coach? And then I think as parents, we can say, you know, uh, JD is really encouraged when he gets that individualized attention. Um, and so just, you know, uh, I'll encourage you and just be mindful of that. Yeah, as well. really so yeah, just asking questions, learning your coach is super important. Yeah. Well, I think another thing you said in number one, like regulating ourselves as parents too, is really important. Like before we get out of the field with our kids, hundred percent. Yeah, that's something that we train our coaches to do to be mindful of like what's going on in your own body because like you can't help regulate a kid if you're not regulated. That's important. Yeah. So we we have a we have a friend that says like they're gonna they're not gonna pay for their kids' college, but they are gonna pay for their kids' counseling. Because and they're going to spend more. So I, I'm just going to say, like, as someone who uh, used sports to get ahead, like you hear the old adage of like, you know, uh, not everyone's going to get a scholarship or not everyone's going to be a superstar. And I would say that most parents, when they hear that, they would probably go, yeah, that might be your kid. That's not going to be my kid. <laughs> right. And so you you don't really believe that, even though it's factual. And then you start to then you start to just over assert yourself into the sports life of your child, um, hyper focused on that. And and so then you're going to look up one day and not only has sports not gotten them to college. Now you get to pay for their their counseling um, through that trauma. So just be mindful that the 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 highlights and the wounds on the athletic field are some of the tougher ones, I think, to get over um, just because of the way sports is idolized in our culture. Um, and so at the same time, I can distinctly remember uh, things that were said to me as a kid that were very expletive that that spoke to just not and played into this like internal law that I've walked with my entire life. And so huge impact. No, no not, yeah. to, not to throw that out there, but you want to do this right because it does have a, a big impact. 
Well, let's let's talk some do's and don'ts in that in that side of things. So for parents, I mean, even even thinking about advocating for your kids uh, in your own house, like how can you make sure that you've got that perspective as you're helping your kids to to endeavor? And and Ava, you read off the list of like all the benefits of play and of movement and of sports and um, all that. Like you won't find you know any of us disputing that that sports and activity and play can be. Um, a wildly beneficial thing in our lives. But Josh Jules has too. And I, I, I would I imagine most people who played sports for a long time growing up also do have some contrasting moments there. And so as parents, you know, how, how are we, um, what are some things we're doing along the way as we're introducing kids to sports or, or, or maybe even when they're taking that jump from just kind of playing to maybe they want to get more competitive into more competitive environment. What are some things we're doing as parents to make sure that that's done in a healthy way? It's a great question. And I think it's a hard one to answer because I'm thinking of like a very specific situation that happened with our daughter recently. Um, and I think it just like really comes down to like being really intuitive with your kid. Um, especially in this like world that we're navigating, it's like, you know, we want to push our kids to do things that they might not necessarily enjoy or might not choose for themselves. Yeah. Um, and we want to see them like grow and get better at things, but also like, we don't want to push them too hard. So like, there's this like balance of like, we had our daughter participate in an activity and I mean, she would say every time she didn't want to go there, <laughs> we're like, well, we've got to finish the season, you know, we're just going to, we're going to make it to the end. And then we did, and we made it to the end, we made it to the recital. And I mean, she just, it was very hard. It was a very hard day. Um, for us as parents, it was hard just like watching her, like not be able to navigate, navigate that um, the way that we kind of expected her to. So I don't know that I really have an answer for you other than just being intuitive because, and, and you know, we're even still like, do we, do we make her go back and try it again and see if she likes it again? And we, we ultimately decided not to, not that that was like the right or wrong thing to do. Um, you know, I just, luckily she's found another activity she really likes. <laughs> so I think just being intuitive to what your kids like are telling you, because sometimes they just might not be able to handle it in that moment. Like, I think we might try this activity later in life when we feel like she might be a little bit more capable of, of being yeah. able to like handle the the sensory stuff that she's working through, you know? Um, so. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things you mentioned was like maybe coming back to that later on in life. Like one of the things that was, um, I think I benefited from greatly was, was not having parents who were trying to like live their dreams through me necessarily. Um, like we were introduced to sports and definitely like, um, yeah, my dad was, uh, his, favorite sport ever was basketball. I mean, he was a prolific player, but was, you know, loved basketball. We were a huge basketball house growing up. And, um, and so we definitely were introduced to the game out of the, the love that he had for it, but there was no pushing into like, you will do this and you will like, and, and kind of a carrying on of, of his athletic legacy that like, none of that was really there. Um, and I think one of the things that that allowed for me was like the freedom to explore not just doing the things that they liked, but what do I like doing? And so discovered one summer, I like playing tennis. And, and so I ended up leaving baseball to go play tennis. Cause I, I just liked to ended up, you know, getting, having an incredible experience with that and getting to play um, at places all over. And, uh, and so I think the, the giving your kids the freedom to 
to be who they are and to enjoy stuff and to kind of find their way. Um, I I will hand up, just say early on, like I definitely, um, you know, had things that I wanted our kids to, um, be, uh, you know, excited about and committed to and all that. And so it's funny now to look back years and years later, but like early on, I remember like just struggling through coaching one of our kids in sport growing up that, that I loved and, and being like, yeah, I just don't think they like this. This is not, this is not going well. And just the stress that I felt as a, as a parent through that experience, I can now laugh about because I can now look back to go like, man, this kid now is in, has found two things that they really uniquely excel in and that, and that they light up and come alive about. And that's, that's the whole thing that you're trying to accomplish with sport. It's like, you're trying to give your kids an outlet to move their bodies and, and play, but also to be able to find something that they're able to excel in and to, and, and that they're, they enjoy doing. And so, um, getting to find that, um, might not always come on the first try. Right. So I think being able to keep ourselves removed from the emotional investment in it, like you want your kids to enjoy that, to have fun with it. You want to, you know, there's all kinds of incredible life lessons that are learned through being on a team and all that. At the same time, like we've, try to tell all of our kids at the end of every season, hey, if you don't, if you don't like it this year, like we don't have to come back to it. Um, but we're going to try to figure out what the reasons are that we don't like it and make sure that it's not something that's you know easily correctable. And if it's just like, yeah, I just don't like baseball. Awesome. We don't have to do baseball try something else. I want to try this. Awesome. Cool. We'll try it out. So I think those are, those are definitely things that help. I mean, Josh, you're smiling as I say that, like, I mean, when you think about, uh, again, your coaching experience and just your, your experience playing sports coming up. Um, what are some of the things like that, that you, that you're going to incorporate into your parenting as a athletic parent that you learned from growing up good or bad? I mean, things that you'll avoid or that you'll, that you'll do. Yeah. I think that like, um, not that I would avoid it at all costs because I do think like, um, I do think that that sports have an avenue for just this this amazing opportunity of of love and camaraderie and, and things like that. We it just it tiptoes such a thin line, JD, of like uh, we don't want our children's highest moments in their lives to be on the high school athletic field uh, or the college athletic field. And so I think for, for Ava and I, like we have to create a home to where our daughter is our daughter holistically, not just the athlete. Yeah. Uh, and if she likes that and we, we, you know, if she take, let's say with gymnastics, she's in gymnastics. Now she's three, three going on Simone Biles. Right. So like, she's just <laughs> taking off. But like, if she wants to have a beam in, in part of the house or a trampoline, like we can invest in that. Um, but we're not going to set a regiment of, Hey, did you get your three hours on the beam in? Um, you know, and so I think like some of the fondest memories I have with my, with my dad, is just like playing catch, playing like shooting hoops, um, where there just wasn't any stakes. Uh, there wasn't this sense of like, it wasn't practice. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I, I would say too. Yeah. You, you have to create a space, I think where you're, your child feels safe at home outside of their performance on the athletic field. I'll give you a story real fast. I was playing high school baseball, playing against Omaha Burke, who's a very good baseball team. Throw that out there. 
I was pitching and hitting. I threw an entire game, complete game, gave up three runs. We lost three to two, but gave up three runs. Went three for four from the plate. The reason we lost, I remember it's because our right fielder dove for a ball that he shouldn't have dove for. Uh, and, and those runs scored. So I blame him. If he's listening, I won't say his name. You know who you, uh, you, know who you are. <laughs> who you are. Yeah. Um, but I, I get home and I, and I mentioned that and I mentioned it again to my, my dad who, who either chose not to go to the games or was not allowed to go to the games because of how he tried to advocate. And I can remember the first thing he said was like, well, what happened on the one that you didn't get a hit on? I was like, dang, I, I just went three for four. And you're like, the only thing that he mentioned was this, like, I missed one. And then he was like, well, you lose the game, you know, not that I threw a complete game. And I know when I lost the game, I just mentioned it. He's listening. He owes me one. But I think like, so, so the focus was in sports on like all the ways that I had fallen short um, instead of all the things that I had done well. And so if I could give anything to parents, I would say as your as the executive and CEO of your child's fan club, which is what you are, like point out, go above and beyond to point out the things that they're doing well um, in sports and outside of sports and spend minimal time trying to coach them in the things that they that they did not do well. They know it. They know they're going to work on it. Like they're going to get that from their coach if it's a good coach. Well, they're like, probably struggling with a lot of other things too. Right. Like, you know, yeah. just being trying to fit in and being normal. You know, when yeah. they're dealing with a lot of other things on top of that. So yeah. affirm, affirm, affirm. Like, um, like just go over the top in your affirmation. And I would even say, like, take twenty four hours to talk about mistakes. Like, don't not in the car ride home. Not in the not even later in the day. Don't yeah. kind of manipulate and say, hey, you want to go play catch? Hey, let's work on that. Let's work on wrapping up. You know, let's work on <laughs> wrap, tackle. Um, no, don't, don't do that. Give them 24 hours to just be kids. And then if you feel the need to um, to bring that up again, like you can. Um, yeah. But I, I just think we, we, we want, through sports, we want our kiddos to be perfect. And that's, and baseball will teach you really pretty fast that someone who hits the ball three out of 10 times is an all-star. Right. That's right. Katie, yeah. I love what you said about like how your dad gave you the freedom to kind of do and choose what you might want to do and play. Um, yeah. And I think that that like, I think that that shows like when our kids don't like something and might want to move on to something different, like it gives us as parents an opportunity to like expose them to something new too, which is like, also good for their brains and their personhood, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that's like, and it also like gives us an opportunity to learn our kids. Like we've learned that our daughter loves gymnastics and she loves like theater and music. And that's like so fun. And she did not love ballet and that's okay. Right. Like we get to like know who our child is and learn who they are. And that's really beautiful because I think like some of Joshua's story is like sports just dictated like, his world. And I think as he got older, he realized he loved, he loved music and he loved theater oh, and he loved poetry. Yeah. And it's like, 
he was missing out on so many things until I hate to stay until you marry me. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) exposed him to like things that he, he had not gotten a chance to participate in because it was like, no sports is sports. And this is the most, you know, Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I think that, that, you know, (laughs) we talked about, uh, getting the freedom to to try different things and figure out which so that stuff changes all the time too. So you might have a kid that, that is obsessed with a sport one year, don't care about it the next year. And, and there might just be no reason for that other than like, yeah, it's just boring to me now. And yeah. to try different stuff out again, be it the other sports or other activities or whatever is always going to be healthy. It also just helps us to, to remind our kids all the time that like no one is good at everything. And so it can be a, a traumatizing event to play a sport for one season and never play it again if you believe that you couldn't play because you weren't good enough or that you were a terrible soccer player or whatever. I mean, I, I have hated soccer my whole life and I have kids now who are awesome at it and I have a different appreciation for it. Um, but when I think back, I don't think I played it very much because when I played the first few times, I was playing with people who knew what they were doing. And it wasn't fun to lose at it. So I was like, well, I'm not good at soccer. So I don't play. Well, I have no idea if I was good at soccer or not. So I think just keeping keeping a, a guiding hand on our kids' um, experience and helping them to process as they're going through it to say like, we're not always going to be good at everything. But I, I am a huge believer that, that everybody's got something that they are uniquely gifted in, uniquely talented in, right? And so it might be to a level where you make a living to that thing. It might just be that you get to watch somebody light up when they do something um, or, or play a certain activity or sport or, or an instrument, or they get to you know act to be on a stage or um, get to write or whatever. So I think it's our job just to help guide our kids through that process. Um, and so I think, yeah, I'm a huge advocate of, of trying a whole bunch of different stuff and just being patient too. Like, you know, one of our kids is, is the kid who's into soccer now, like didn't really start playing and, and, and like, craving it and loving it and wanting to get better until he was nine or 10 and started playing at five. So there's all that time in the middle where it's kind of like just something that he was doing. And then all of a sudden there was a, just a light bulb one day and just really wanted to play more and he's awesome at it. So um, all that to say, I think we're on the same page there. Um, okay. Quick hitters before we get out of here, we're, we're going to ask y'all a couple of just rapid fire questions. Um, what is something that you are uh, reading, watching, or listening to right now? Uh, Power to Connect podcast. Yeah, I mean, Sean, <laughs> podcast, anything, uh, anything that this Family Connection Center puts out. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, man, I am reading uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes books. Okay. And I love that I saw the movies before then because when I read it, I can hear the voice of Robert Downey Jr. in my head. Um, but man, they've just been—they've been so good. Yeah, so such good books. Um, we are watching *Virgin River*, of course. Um, <laughs> I do. I do want to watch the show *Quarterback* on Netflix. I hear it's oh, yeah. really well done, um, and and paints paints a picture. I'm interested to see the Kirk Cousins piece on that. Just the guy who is like, yeah, he he takes a day off every week to just spend time with his kids. So healthy balance there. He's you'll, you'll like that. It makes you like Kirk Cousins more if you if you were already yeah. a fan of him. Like he's he's great in there. Um all right. Who are who are who are some people that you're inviting over for a meal 
uh, dead or alive in your life or famous, no matter what, uh, if you get, if you get one meal to invite somebody over for, who are some people you might invite over and what meal is it for? Are we doing just sports related now? No, no, this could be anybody. Okay. (laughs) I would invite, I would invite the Wilsons over or some white chicken chili to ask them how they won their first year in the annual pumpkin carving contest (laughs) after I've worked so hard for many years to be number one. That was... We did for context, uh, the Commons host an amazing pumpkin carving night every year. And this past year was a competition. And so I, I have a few kids who are very competitive. I'm also competitive. And so there's a lot of plotting and planning of what we we're going to do for designs. And uh, me and one of the boys won. Um, and we got a gift card to the Grizzlies team store. So it was it was awesome. We got to get some new Grizz gear this year, which is which is great. Um, so yeah, we'll that's, about, like, that, that's one you can actually do, Ava. You can actually have that experience again. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I think like I don't want to be I don't want to be like super cheesy, I, but I I lost my dad like three years ago, and it was sudden, and so I think just like the one he's never met our adopted daughter, so it would just be like we're we're gonna do breakfast because like. I want to like we just we need to watch the Huskers one more time together and they need to win. Right. So it's got to be like an easy team because right now they're just not playing well. Um, but I just missed his like yelling like, go, baby, go. And, and when the Huskers are running that ball. Um, but I think I wanted to meet my daughter. I want to talk to him about just his life. I, I want to tell him about mine and the things I'm realizing. I think I'd probably do the same with my grandfather, who's a, who's a pretty big idol in my life, um, that, that I looked up to, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to just sit down and maybe this is in the future, but when like, they can like kind of understand what's going on, we fostered 11 kids adopted one. I'd love to get those 10 other kids in a room and just (laughs) say like, Hey, what do you remember about our home? Yeah. Um, we have some kids who are older and who were like cognizant of our parenting styles. So, like, what do you remember? Like, and like, did, like, do you remember anything that's still impacted you today? It's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, you survived. This is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming on with us and we will look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks, thanks JD. JD. Appreciate you. Well, a huge thanks to Josh and Ava for joining us and and for the advice they give and um and just a, a great conversation there. Obviously, um, you know, kind of part A of, of many conversations that uh, need to happen if your kids are are jumping into sports um in, in ways that we can just um support them uh without going into um a, a place where we are creating hurt instead of help. And so um love them, thankful to them for for joining us today. Uh 
Again, I will plug our event coming up, Investing in Hope, and tell you that you've got to go uh, to the website to check out who our special guest is for that night um, and to find out more about that event. You can head to empoweredtoconnect.org slash investing in hope. Tickets are on sale now. We do expect to sell out. And so please make sure to jump on it quickly um, before they sell out. Our event is happening Sunday night, November 12th here in Memphis, Tennessee. But you're all invited. So we would love to see you there. For more information on buying tickets, head to empoweredtoconnect.org slash investing to hope or hit the link in our show notes below. For Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, and everybody here at ETC, I'm JD Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast. Mm-hmm.